Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. Are there times in life when it seems like everything is falling apart and God is missing? Well, I'm sure that all of us have at some point, if we live long enough, uh, had an experience similar to that. We've been studying through the Old Testament and we've been looking at some Old Testament characters who had divine encounters with God and there was a pattern to that. There was a reason. There was a theme, a thread that ran through each one of them. It all started with Adam and Eve when God created them and gave them a choice and they chose to disobey. Sin entered. The consequences of sin came and uh, they experienced separation from God. But even in the midst of giving them the consequences and uh, laying on the curse on, on each of them and on creation, God gave good news that, that uh, Proto-Evangelum, that first mention of, of uh, Christ when he talked about the seed of the woman crushing the head of the serpent. And that, of course, is the virgin birth of Christ and Jesus dying on the cross and crushing the head of, of Satan. And um, Adam and Eve walked face to face with God. They met face to face with God. Well, fast forward uh, hundreds of years to a man by the name of Abraham. Abraham, too, had divine encounters. And in those encounters, God gave him a covenant, an everlasting covenant. And part of that covenant was that in him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Again, referring to the future coming of the Lord Jesus to die for the sins of those who would believe. And then uh, Abraham had a son, Isaac, and Isaac had a son by the name of Jacob. And Jacob had divine encounters with Almighty God. And and uh, one night he wrestled with God. And God changed his name to Israel. And Jacob, Israel, had 12 sons. And those 12 sons uh, multiplied into the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And uh, while they were um, in Egypt, uh, as they grew there and became enslaved, uh, a young uh, man came on the scene. He was born miraculously sa- uh, saved during his birth from the pharaohs that were killing young Hebrew uh, boys that were born. His name was Moses. Moses lived tw- 40 years in Pharaoh's house. And then because he killed one of the Egyptians uh, who was beating and mistreating his fellow Hebrews, he had to flee, and he uh, he fled to uh, the the desert of Midian, and there he met Jethro, his future father-in-law, and married Zipporah. And for 40 years, he was a shepherd, and God called him, and he had a divine encounter in the burning bush with God, again, uh, called to go back and lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery. And when he led them out, he met with God face to face on Mount Sinai, and God gave him the law and the Ten Commandments and uh, that again was moving in the direction because the law the Ten Commandments, the pattern for the tabernacle, all of it still pointed forward to the Lord Jesus Christ and then Moses died and Joshua came on the scene 
and uh, God gave Joshua the, um, the the job of the task of leading the children of Israel out of the wilderness across the Jordan into the Canaan land to take over the Canaan land that God had given them. And Joshua had a face-to-face encounter with the captain of the Lord's host, who was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And so each of these people divine encounters, but it all is tying together to this Abrahamic covenant that that uh, Jesus would be coming through this line. And, and so now we've come to a period in Israel's history where it seemed like everything was falling apart. Uh, and and um, the best way to describe that is in Judges chapter 21, verse 25, the very last verse in Judges. It says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That sounds like anarchy to me, doesn't it, you? Uh, things were just not good. It would seem like things were falling apart. People had forgotten about God. Um, when you look at Judges chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, you see that there was incomplete obedience. Incomplete obedience. Do you know what that is? That's disobedience. Listen to what the Scripture says. Now the angel of the Lord, that would have been Jesus himself, came up from Gilgal to Bochum, and he said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land which I have sworn to your fathers, and I said I will never break my covenant with you. You heard that, didn't you? It's an everlasting covenant. I will never break my covenant with you, and as for you, you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall tear down their altars, that's altars to false gods, but you have not obeyed me. What is this you have done? Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they will become as thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a snare to you. When the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the sons of Israel, the people lifted up their voices and wept. So they named that place Bochum, and there they sacrificed to the Lord. The word Bochum, by the way, means weepers, weeping weepers. So um, they um, uh, were not obeying the Lord in in um, um, getting rid of all the inhabitants of getting rid of their of their gods, tearing down their altars. They were not obeying God, and it was bringing consequences on them. Uh, in in this same chapter, verses six to nine, we read about a, a very important event that occurred. Verse six: When Joshua had dismissed the people. The sons of Israel went each to his inheritance to possess the land. The people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who survived Joshua, who had seen all the great work of the Lord which he had done for Israel. Then Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance and in the hill country of Ephraim. And so uh, now Joshua dies. This this uh, last of the great leaders dies. And verse 10 says, All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, the generation of Joshua, the ones that came out of the wilderness into the Canaan land. They all died. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. A generation that didn't know the Lord. And this is the generation that verse uh, chapter 21, verse 25 was talking about when it said everyone did what was right in their own eyes. 
It wasn't doing what was right uh, according to God's standard, but it was doing what was right in their own eyes. You know, that sounds familiar even in today's culture, doesn't it? Everybody has their own truth, you know, uh, and my truth is not your truth. Everything is relative uh, and, and there's no absolute truth or or truth doesn't matter. My feelings are more important than truth. That's the day that we live in, but it's nothing new. What we're experiencing is thousands of years old. It was happening right there in Israel as they had come into this land that God that God gave them. So in 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 uh, chapter three, you see a pattern that was going on, and I'm going to read these verses to you, and I want you to listen very carefully to detect the pattern. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to test Israel by them. That is, all who had experienced any of the wars of Canaan. Only in order that the generations of the sons of Israel might be taught war, those who had not experienced it formerly. These nations are the five lords of the Philistines and the Canaanites and the uh, Sidians and the Hivites who lived in Mount Lebanon. And they were there for the testing of Israel to find out if they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers through Moses. And the sons of Israel lived among all of these nations, and they took their daughters for themselves as wives and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. So right there, they're doing the wrong thing. They're intermarrying with other nations, nations that did not love and serve God. This was not a thing where God didn't want uh, the ethnicities to mix. It was a matter of their spiritual situation. They were being uh, unequally yoked with people that didn't serve God. And God said, don't do that. The sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals. Then the anger of the Lord against Israel was kindled and he sold them into the hands of another nation. And they served that nation eight years. When the sons of Israel cried to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for them to deliver them. Uh, and and so that's the pattern. They would uh, go away from God, not serve Him, disobey Him. God would allow nations to come in and overtake them and enslave them. God would raise up a deliverer, and, and they were called judges. That was the pattern that was going on. Well, we're looking at Gideon today in these last few moments, and Gideon was the fifth judge in a row. And all of these judges were before they actually got their first king, Saul. This was a period of several hundred years where they were, the judges ruled uh, Israel. And so Gideon was um, was a, a man that God used. And there was a, a divine encounter that Gideon experienced in chapter 6 of Judges where the angel of the Lord, that was the Lord Jesus again, came to him when he was kind of hiding and threshing wheat because he was hiding from the oppressors. Midian was oppressing them. It was a period of oppression. And and um, he's hiding, and Jesus uh, greets him by saying, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. I find that kind of funny because uh, he wasn't exactly a valiant warrior, but that's how the Lord Jesus saw him. And, and, and so it, it, it's important. How Jesus sees us is how we are. And God called Gideon to uh, raise up and to go against Midian and to fight Midian. Now, I'm running out of time, but I just want to say this. Uh, so, so Gideon actually summoned Israel together, and there were um, uh, 22,000, uh, I'm sorry, 32,000 men that, that came together. And, um, and God said, that's too many. 
If you win, you're going to take the credit for it. And so through, he said, everybody that's afraid, send them home. 22,000 went home, 10,000 remained. And then he said, uh, that's still too many. Take them down to the, to the water. And those that uh, lap water like dogs, uh, those are the ones you keep, and only 300 of them. So it ended up as an army of 300 from, down from 32,000. But God used that little band of 300 people uh, to frighten at night their enemies that far, far, far outnumbered them. Far outnumbered them. And these enemies turned on each other and they, and they uh, killed and slaughtered each other. And God got the great victory there. And, and, and what ended up happening is recorded in chapter 8, verse 28. It says, So Midian was subdued before the sons of Israel, and they did not lift up their heads anymore. The land was undisturbed for 40 years in the days of Gideon. God raised up Gideon. And so you see, here in the middle of, of confusion, and it seemed like everything was falling apart, and God's covenant was not going to happen, God raised up judges like Gideon to carry it on and and eventually uh, they got a king uh, and eventually it was David and from the line of David came Mary who was the earthly mother of Jesus when he came from heaven was born as a man and we know the rest of the story the covenant continued to be fulfilled as God promised even in the most difficult times when it at times seemed like God wasn't there. He was there all the time. And that, I want you to take heart in your life. If there's a, you're going through a period where it seems like God is not there, God is faithful. And we learn that from these stories. God is faithful. You can count on Him. Well, until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.